guys, it's Dally. On this episode, we interviewed Lindsay Snyder, a young product manager, and we were able to discuss startups, continuous learning, as well as leading up as women in the tech industry. Hope you enjoy. Hey guys, welcome back to What the Tech Am I Doing? Episode two with our guest, Linda Snyder. She's a 24-year-old product manager at Shogun, originally joined as a startup, only the 14th person into the company, and now they've grown to over a hundred people. So we're having her on the show as a young women leader and excited to get to chat today. Thanks for joining us. Happy to be here. (laughs) Awesome. So um, I guess getting started, do you want to tell us a little bit about you do and how you got involved in your current position? Totally. So I joined my current company straight out of college as a, um, the second hire on a marketing team. Um, I knew I wanted to be at a startup and working somewhere that I could learn a lot and try a lot of different things, get my hands dirty, uh, wear a lot of hats and worked in marketing for about a year, um, got promoted to an engagement manager and then moved over to product. So now I'm a product manager, um, sort of working on our core financing product. Awesome. So what did you end up going to school for? I double majored in neuroscience and political science, which uh, made no sense at the time, but I figured out after it was just two different ways of understanding people in like systems and interactions and like your biological tendencies. Um, So it's actually, it all kind of relates to product management. So how did you know after graduating that you wanted to go to this startup or a startup in general? That's a great question. I, like many uh, seniors in college, wrestled with, what do I do? Uh, Had a quick bout of that, like, should I be a consultant like everyone else? Um, Did one interview, realized it wasn't for me. Uh, Kind of always had in the back of my mind that I wanted to be at a smaller organization. I'd actually interned at a cool neurotech startup um, the summer before my senior year. And that's kind of when I realized, okay, this is the vibe I like. This is the energy I like. Um, But that was a hard thing senior year because you have all these people getting jobs early and startups don't hire six months ahead of time. So I had to be super confident and excited and really just go all in and network and eventually ended up in April of my senior year, just flying out to San Francisco, setting up meetings with everyone I knew out there. Um, I had a lot of people connect me with other people from professors to ex-colleagues. Um, met with a lot of people. The majority were in a certain industry that I thought I'd go into. And then my company was in fintech. Know nothing about fintech at the time. Didn't think I'd ever go into it. And the people I met with were like by far the smartest and most passionate people I've ever met. And I just left being like, these are the people I want to work with. And I think <laughs> working on a startup, especially early in my career, I was like, I want to prioritize opportunity and working with really smart people and learning from them. And I definitely did that. So I think, uh, yeah, that's kind of how I ended up at my startup, it was very weird and roundabout. And I always tell like grads that are considering this, you have to be really patient and confident and just like know it will work out. Um, but yeah, it was, it was really an interesting experience networking and getting there. But as soon as I met everyone, I was like, this is what makes sense early in my career. Nice. So yeah, that's a very different way than I experienced in college. 
Cause I went yeah. straight to kind of a big established company as it is. And for there you have career fairs. There's the companies are coming to you. There's job postings online. So you just go and you, you apply to ton and hope for the best. But totally. that's really interesting to see the complete different where you are hunting down these companies that maybe don't even have many people yet. So what would you recommend for people for advice when they're looking into joining a startup versus um, a, a bigger established company? What, what would you recommend that they go about doing? Totally. I mean, I guess a few things I would say first is like, don't shy away. Like it's, it is harder and it's not as obvious and in your face, like you mentioned at the career fairs. But I think um, if you, if like, if you're a senior in college and you think you fit in well at a startup and that's what you want, then like go for it. Um, I would say one thing is that even though, like I mentioned, startups aren't going to hire six months ahead of time. Like we, my company, we hire for positions we need like now. Like we can't plan that far ahead. We don't know if we'll have funding. We don't know what, to, what will be happening. Um, so I think even though that's the case, so you might not actually get an offer until like April, like I did. Um, yeah. And then I, I guess I signed my offer end of April and I started mid June, <laughs> which was like the longest you'd ever get between signing and starting at a startup. And even though that's the case, like networking early is really helpful. Um, and just knowing that like everyone's going to be willing to connect you with other people. I would also say that like the best conversations and like opportunities came from connections. And that that doesn't mean like family connections or professional connections, like even just professors that I got, I got along with really well. My company, actually my uh, old professor also was the professor with the president of my company. And that's how I got connected <laughs> to him, which was super random, but we just had that commonality. And it, cause it's fine. It's hard to find the jobs at a startup the same way it is as a, it would be at a corporation. Um, mm. So yeah, I would say connections definitely help. And then just kind of like, just like starting to explore and really just being open-minded um, because then you also have to like vet the startup, which you don't have <laughs> to do with a normal company. Yeah. It sounds like, is that common for professors at Duke or students at Duke to be able to have that working relationship or was that something you sought out? Yeah, that's a good question. I would say that professor in particular, uh, who I love, Tony, that is very unique to him. And he's very, he's definitely someone that like invests in people and, and their future and personal development. Um, but I also know people who had had that experience. So it wasn't super common, but if you, if you seek it out and kind of like, I put the bug in his ear, like, Hey, I think I'm going to go to San Francisco and work at a startup. And he was really willing to connect me with people. So I'd say like, you can, you can definitely find that. And that's how you find the best. Anytime you have like a warm intro, it's like dating, right? Like if you have a mutual <laughs> friend introduce you, you're like, Oh, this is a warm intro. Like things are good. Uh, it's kind of the same thing with jobs. <laughs> that's a really good way to put it but it's it true it really helps yeah mm-hmm. and there's there's like a level of clout there's a level of like yeah I don't know just like respect you have to treat each other with it, it's nice <laughs> so do you there's a risk going into a startup especially out of college and you mentioned you know vetting the companies beforehand how do you know or how do you balance the risk of going into a startup versus the security of an established company? 
Totally. So that is something I thought about quite a bit during senior year of college. And I still think about now as I evaluate like the next few years of my career. Um, I would say there's no like magic bullet. Like there's obviously it's like, <laughs> oh, you see like how much funding do they have? Are they hiring? That's a good sign. Like there are different things you can know. There are investors. There's all the nitty gritty. When it comes down to it, like the way I kind of thought about it being young is like, taking a risk now is so much easier than doing the same risky thing later in my career. (laughs) Um, And I'm like, I have nothing to lose. Like I'm 24. I guess I was 22 at the time. Like, so what if my, the startup goes under in six months, like I'll figure it out. Um, And I think, I mean, that, that was a cool position to be in and not everyone's in that position, but I think it gets harder as you get older and have more responsibility and people to take care of. Um, yeah, so I think that was, that was like kind of how I came to the conclusion of, okay, this is fine to do early in my career. And then the secondary thing is like, I ended up trusting someone at my company a lot. And he was like, listen, I've, I've young kids. Like I wouldn't be here if we didn't have really good funding. And I knew that we were like a very, my company still to this day, even when we're doing super well, we're very frugal. Like we don't, (laughs) we don't spend unnecessarily. We are really conscious of like becoming profitable. Um, And I think if you trust the leadership and you know, like, Mm -hmm. okay, there's like a good buffer here, uh, then it's pretty good. But also there's always a risk. Like (laughs) at at any time, if it's like, okay, you're not making money and you're not getting funding, like you can't pay your employees. So I think there's always a risk and it's just weighing it. But I would say like early in your career is the time to take that risk it kind of also depends on like how you think about your career in life. And this might touch on the specialist generalist thing a bit, but like, I, I know people who were so set, like if you're set on being a doctor or you're set on being like, this is the impact I want to have in the world and like how I want to do it. It a lot of times makes sense to just like start off at a place that will get you there and do that in like a secured way. And I think for me, I've, still to this day don't fully know like the finite like thing I want to do or impact I want to have and that's that's sort of why I gravitated towards somewhere that I could be a bit more flexible and jump around like I have um and have all those experiences so I think it also depends on Mm -hmm. your like how you think about your career and how secure you are in like your next step and where that leads you yeah I think it's so funny to hear you say that because I was, had such a similar mindset, but for that same reason, I did not go to a startup. So I had the same where I was like, I want to jump around. I want to learn a lot. So I'm going to go to a big established company. And I say big, ours is like 13,000 maybe and growing, but yeah, big, big, big for me. <laughs> yeah. And so for that, I was like, okay, I'll go to this and I can get experience in different areas and hop around because they have different jobs. But to your point, you can get the same thing at a startup. So I guess it just depends on what you're looking for and what your interests are. Totally. I would also say like one thing, because I've gone back and forth about this a million times. And there's also like big companies that have teams that act like a startup, which is really cool because you still have the resources of a big company. Um, Yeah. So I, so I, I think it's always going to be a trade-off. And I think like you can't, you can't go wrong either way. 
early in your career and you can you can always switch around um but getting those experiences is really cool so you mentioned a few things and it seems like a big reason one you enjoy the startup and two maybe have been very successful with it is your passion for learning your passion for you know I mean you dual majored in college and then went to something a stretch for your major and I feel like you just continue trying to learn things in all different areas. Um, how do you think that's more beneficial than maybe specializing in one thing and, and what drives those passions for you? That's a good question. I think I, I guess like high level, I have always had people sort of like nudging me to specialize or being like, Oh, to be really mm-hmm. good at this, like to excel at this, you have to like really become specialized. Um, and I've always kind of fought against that. I'm like very much naturally like jack of all trades, like have never been, you know what I mean? Like good at, good at everything, like not really great at anything. Um, and I think, yeah, I think that's something that you kind of have to learn about yourself. And there are people that are naturally going to be specialists. And then there are people who are more generalists. And I think I've done a lot of reading on this. There's a really good book called Range about uh why like being a generalist can actually be a really great thing and I think it's a great book uh and I think being a product manager has actually really brought that out of me too because it's like okay you have all these hard skills and deadlines but you have just as many if not more like soft skills that you need and I'm always doing like Mm -hmm. a million and one different things and I was like wow I really like this like I I don't (laughs) like like I've had times where I'm just writing all day or I'm just doing data analysis all day. Mm-hmm. Um, and I found that I really excel when I can like tie it all together. Uh, and you, if you think about the world, we need that. We need specialists. We need people who like really deeply understand a specific disease or a specific market or whatever it may be. And then you need people who can like tie different parts of it together yep. and make it make sense. Um, yeah. And I think like, I don't fully understand that. I would also say that, my my like continuous learning is again just like a quest to figure out like what is the one thing I really love doing and it will never be one thing but I think (laughs) just trying to get into so like I for example like one thing I love I love behavioral economics and I love like health economics relates nothing to what (laughs) but I always am kind of thinking about like okay should my next step be towards that or like should I do a side project with that or things it's just kind of like what what problem do I want to help solve in the world and like how do I get there and do that um but yeah I would say like I definitely gravitate towards being a generalist and I think like it's great for people that do that like we need specialists but I think um I think it's okay like if everyone that's like pushed towards being a specialist when it's like against the grain you don't have to do that. Like it's, it's really okay to be good at different things and being able to, I mean, that's also why I love a startup because I kind of jump around and have to do different things every day. (laughs) So you taught yourself a little bit of coding. You've, you've been touched on, you taught yourself, try and learn more outside of, you know, you have your day-to-day job, you have your role, but then trying to expand your learning along the way amongst a lot of different areas. So tell me more about how you go about that and what you would recommend for other people. Yeah. So I would say starting with my job, I started in marketing. I had never done a single thing in marketing <laughs> before that. 
And like, that's okay. And like coming out of college, no one expects you to have professionals. (laughs) So if you're joining a startup, it's like baseline. Like my, my boss who I love to death, my old boss, uh, who was our VP of marketing. He was like, I don't expect you to know marketing. You're fine. Uh, (laughs) That was a good baseline, but I had to teach myself it. And then Mm -hmm. I kind of quickly realized like I have a knack for understanding customers through data and like also even things like marketing tests or product tests or whatever, like really, really analyzing how they affect different like segments of people down funnel and and connecting things back to data. So I was like, Hey, I'm teaching myself SQL. Like (laughs) we just have to do it. So it was great. And I did it really quickly. Um, and I would say that all comes back to like anything I've taught myself during my job. And right now, like I'm, for example, prioritizing, like really learning more about the design process and like, kind of like user-centered design and those principles because that's something I was never, I, I don't know that much about still. Um, mm-hmm. And it's a it's a pretty integral part of being a PM and that's something I need to like prioritize. Um, so yeah, I would say like anytime with my job, I'm like, what do I need that will help me like really excel and teach myself that? I've also been lucky because I think my company will like, if, if I voice like, hey, I want to learn something, they'll invest in it. That's awesome. um, yeah. And then I would say like, I, I kind of just like my family's very much like academic people where we're always <laughs> not even like, I guess kind of academic, uh, but we're just always emailing each other articles and like sending stuff. And we're super nerdy. Like wow, our, our I love family group chat <laughs> is named nerd clan, <laughs> which is funny. And yeah, so I would say like, I was kind of just instilled in me and it's also just like feeling like jobs are always going to be no, they're not going to be exciting all the time. Like I've been, I feel like my job's exciting a lot of the time and I'm grateful for that because I need that. Um, but I'm going to have days where I'm super bored and then there's, it's <laughs> nice to have like something else that mm-hmm. makes you feel either some, something makes you feel something. <laughs> so whether it's like motivated or curious, um, I think that's, that's a cool thing. And I always, when I feel myself getting into a rut, I'm like, okay, I need, I need to start reading like some neuro studies or like something <laughs> that will get me excited. Um, yeah. So I would just say it like keeps for work. It's, I always just prioritize like, how can I be the best in my role? Knowing that like whatever I learn now. So like any, mm-hmm. say I'm reading like a book on product management, like that's going to help me not just like execute at Shogun, but like whatever I do down the line, like those, mm-hmm. those are just like building, building skills, understanding processes. Um, so I think that's always worth investing in. And then outside of work, it's just like, whatever, whatever brings me extra joy, you know? So that's awesome. That's amazing that you do that. And I love that, especially I like that your family is very similar. Cause I feel like your network, whether it's your family or your friends or whatever, if they're sending you the newest TV shows and Netflix, like that's great, but that might not help you. But if you have people who are constantly trying to make you better, whether they're sending you, you know, information about nutrition or new workouts that they're doing or articles where you can learn more, I feel like having that surrounding just naturally makes you more motivated and want to learn more and be a better person and keep developing yourself. So it's really important that you guys do that. Yeah. Absolutely. I'd say also like something I realized is that happens so naturally in 
college like when you're in mm-hmm. school like you're you're living in this like idealist world and you're taught to like think about everything and examine everything and discuss every like random current event and idea that pops <laughs> up and I think like my first year out I realized I wasn't getting that um and it, it was because I was like diving so deeply into my job and really just like grinding and learning mm-hmm. um but I missed that and I was like oh I really <laughs> miss this so I kind of went it took a while and I like went out of my way all like oh let's like start a book club with my friends and like start like communicating in those relationships because it's nice it's easy to just be like oh I want like work is my work and then that's it but I think for me I found that like even when it's hard I'm like way happier as a person when I have um things outside of work that are also like kind of working my brain and like making me uh excited about learning really Yes. No, I completely get that. I had the same thing during the whole COVID situation because I feel like I wasn't traveling as much and I wasn't, you know, being challenged in all aspects. Like I was still being challenged at work, but I feel like there was this itch that needed scratching, um, which is kind of how this podcast happened because it's like I I need to learn more. And I had listened to way too many podcasts and way too many audiobooks where I was like, I want to ask the questions and I want to learn what I want to learn and hopefully be able to bring that to other people and bring more content so that they can keep learning. So sometimes it ends up being a good thing. (laughs) Oh my God. The gems in the rough of COVID. (laughs) I love it. So on top of being a woman and a leader, you're also only 24 and you're a product manager, but you don't necessarily have direct reports, but you have a lot of people whose work streams and jobs lead into you and obviously affect you. So how do you go about leading up to people who might have more experience, might be older than you, but also you don't necessarily have direct influence on. So you can't pull the, I'm your manager card or, you know, job security or anything like that. I feel like it's, it's a different way of leadership. Yeah, totally. This is something I've had to deal with quite a bit in my role. um, And I have thought about a lot and worked on a lot. I actually was lucky because my first manager when I joined the company um, really was cognizant of this and was like, I want you to be able to do this. And like, because it's a level of autonomy too, right? If you don't need your manager to speak for you on things and you can actually do that, um, it gives you so much more ownership and accountability. So I would say like, the number one thing for me has honestly just been like relationship building and clout, which is so underrated. And I think I've had this conversation recently with people where they were like, Oh, like, cause the way I, my relationships with like our engineers are not conventional and I'm really good friends with a lot of them. I'm like, that's all relationship building. And that all helps me get the job done at the end of the day. Right. (laughs) And I was like, obviously they're not like malintentioned with it, but But I think um, I've been really lucky to be like very close work colleagues and also friends with some of our execs. And that has helped a ton when you get to know someone on a personal level. I'm like a huge believer in that, like having empathy and having work relationships that go beyond just like the task you get done helps everyone so much. Um, And then I would say the like tactical side for me that I've really worked on um especially when it's like okay say I'm like pitching something to my CEO and I really need Mm -hmm. his buy-in on some sort of rollout or test I will 
I, since I know everyone so well, I basically just like, I'm like, oh, he really likes data. Like get all the data ready, like preempt any questions, like go in. <laughs> and then it's literally just like going in with a ton of confidence. And this is where yes. I think it's like, again, towing the line as a woman is like, how confident do you appear? But I, I've always kind of like, uh, kind of fell on the side of like, I'd rather be too confident than not confident enough and not mm-hmm. get what I want because I think it's we live in a world where too often uh women particularly like don't advocate for themselves and mm-hmm. just don't get as much as they should and they don't get kind of like take advantage of um everything they can and men tend to do that a lot so <laughs> I would say um yeah I think just I've I've learned how to really like at this point built up a lot of accountability and once you do that and have a relationship you need you need less to put in less work to actually manage up and get something done um but i would say just like really thinking things through and like being on top of it and confident has worked really well for me i completely agree i think it makes a world of difference when well one before you have those relationships and the uh, as you said, clout, (laughs) Uh, or at least people have this perception of you before you're able to build that. You do need to have, if you come into meetings prepared with data that they, it's like, here, here, here's the data. This is why I think we should make this decision. And some people only want to see the data. Some people only want to see the decision. And then they might ask you about the data, but coming prepared and knowing the person, I think is what you mentioned is so important knowing what they're going to want to see. And if someone asks a question, you're like, Oh yeah, I have a slide on that. You're like, Whoa. Okay. She knows what she's doing. She is coming prepared. Like I trust that the decision she make or what she's presenting to me is true. So I feel like confidence is huge on that one. Totally. It's all about confidence. It's about (laughs) how you, how you exude yourself. It is. And then I liked what you also said about relationships and I feel like when you build a reputation for yourself, that also plays a huge factor. And my first project at this company, I joined and within like three months, we had, it was a crazy timeline. We had launched the product and we had a lot of success and we overcame a lot. And it was really interesting because people were like, wow, you're doing great. Like, what did you do? How did you manage it so well? It's like, I just asked the other people who knew more than me and listened to, listen to them. Like I didn't, I didn't do anything yes. crazy. It was within the first three months. I really hadn't learned that. Like I didn't know exactly what I was doing yet, but I knew who to ask, which goes back to that. Yes. But then also just we cared about them. Like I met them and was like, Hey, like what can I do to help? Like, how can I help you and trusting them? And I feel like then once you have those relationships, even when you do put your foot out, or reach out for them, then they know that you're, you're supporting them. And I feel like the team mentality grows along that. And then eventually the more you do well, the more people trust you, you have this reputation and then, you know, you build on that and you get more responsibility, you get better projects. But it was really interesting to me recently, I had a project and there was someone new on the company and it was a project that I'm very confident in, um, have been doing multiple generations of, and I typically work with a lot of upper management. So like managers, senior managers, directors, and then obviously peers of my level, but 
I've built that relationship with them. And so a new, you know, seniorized engineer had come in, not realizing that I did have relationships already established and a reputation. And I think he was mentioning something like, oh, we need the buy-in of these people. And I was like, don't worry, like you have my support. I think it's a good idea. And he was like, we need someone with a little more than you. And I was like, okay. You're like, no, you don't. Yeah. So I was like, interesting. I was like, okay, well, if you feel that way, that's, that's fine. Um, just note, I am the operations integrator. So I am one fifth of the decision, but like some people, when they first come in are like, Oh yeah. Engineer too. Like really in your career, like I don't need her buying, but like, thanks sweetheart. And it's like, no, like I have built a good reputation here. And, you know, um, so it's really interesting because I feel like when you're young and depending on certain things and how early on your career, people off the bat might, might count you down. But I feel like once you kind of prove yourself, then it's like, Oh, okay. I trust her. And then, you know, you become the go-to person and, and you can get things through without a lot of pushback. But it's interesting that depending on the person, um, have to prove yourself a little more, um, than other people. <laughs> That's so true. I was also going to say like, all of those things help a lot during a pandemic. Um, mm-hmm. when you're mm-hmm. like remote half the time and not seeing people and you're yes. like, ah, I need these relationships. No, that's, <laughs> a, that's an interesting story. I mean, I think it, I think it speaks volumes that you can have those relationships and they like hold and, and then like your word carries so much and that's yes. so powerful and it saves so much time and it gets you so mm-hmm. far. Um, yeah, but it's definitely a hard thing to manage early. Okay. I have one last question for you that we Great. ask all our guests, AKA you and Yvonne so far. <laughs> so what is one piece of advice you'd like to leave our listeners with, especially people early in their career? I guess people early in their career, my piece of advice, which I also need to take is just like, take the leap. If you're ever on the fence and you're debating like staying or going, or you're debating something risky, like just take the leap. Like if you're considering something cool, just do it. Just go. This is your Like It will always, yeah, (laughs) it will just always, it will always be it. Just if you're watching this and you're like, Hey, I was debating doing this really cool thing, but it might not work. Just do it. This is a sign. It's coming from Lindsay straight from the mouth. Whatever that came into your mind right now that you're like, oh my gosh, how did she know? This is it. Although I would like to say what the tech is not liable for any bad decisions made based on this advice. We're not. I'm going to try and take my own advice too because I need to do that. Lord knows. <laughs> awesome thank you so much i feel like this conversation was so good and i mean i got a lot out of it so i hope the listeners do too and matt is gonna have one heck of a time trying to cut this down because i feel like there was just Yay, so much good content oh my god and that was so fun yeah i loved it i hope people listen and i feel like we were able to touch on a lot of important things like young leadership, being a woman, how to learn outside of your job, startups. So I think there's a lot that people can take out of this one. So I'm excited. This is fun. Oh my God. You're so, you're such like a charismatic uh, podcast person. I love it.
for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Follow us on Spotify and subscribe to our YouTube to see more episodes. And we'll be posting every two weeks. See you next time on What the Tech Am I Doing?